Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Mitchell Trubisky thing obviously scares people immediately, and you're right. I think it's a a sort of a, a boring one. Like it's, oh, the guy went to the same school and he wore the same number. My comparison, I think, changes the whole dynamic. Josh Allen. If you want to spin it positive and say, he reminds me of Josh Allen. He's not necessarily a runner, but he can run. Obviously, has the size, the arm strength, the ability to extend plays, as you said, the arm to cut it through the wind and do all the things that are the good Josh Allen. Now, you also have to remember, when Josh Allen entered the league, he was the bad Josh Allen. It was like you watch the lowlights and you're like, wow, this guy's a project. He may never succeed. So I think it's really dangerous when we go down the comparison road because immediately expectations are like Joe Burrow went to LSU, right? So is he Jamarcus Russell? Like, just because they both went to LSU and played quarterback and went number one overall. One's one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. One's one of the biggest busts of his generation. So I choose to be positive and say Josh Allen. That was super positive Homer Bobo Andy Hart uh, going on about these quarterbacks and how great they all are. It's Christian Arcan here. Uh, no Jones, no Mego. It's me and Hart with no you problem. for the uh, rest of the day for two more hours here until 6 o'clock. Biggest busts. Great. I like big busts, and I cannot lie. Yes. Um, Thank you for being honest. <laughs> appreciate it. So we're actually, there's a, a thing on ESPN right now. I think it was Matt Miller's uh, comparisons because I remember reading this the other day. Uh, those three quarterbacks are getting very favorable uh, comparisons by a lot of draft scouts. You seem to like... All three of them, really. I don't like any of them, and I was just talking to you about this. I'm not a big fan of any of these three quarterbacks. I don't really feel great about the Patriots drafting one of them at third overall. I don't think that any of them – here's here's the main problem that I have with it, Andy, is that I don't think any of them can step into an offense that's not really a fully formed offense and be successful, especially not Daniels. Two of Daniels' teammates are probably going to go in the first round. Two of his wide receivers are probably going in the first round. It's sort of like the Mac Jones syndrome, you know? Like, Mac's fine if you got a bunch of all-world guys for him to throw to. And Daniels, I think, is kind of the same way. He's not a great decision-maker. He's skinny. He's, you know, a, a guy who could probably get his ass kicked. Um, I don't really like Drake May. I mean, he's a big, tall guy with a big arm, but... 
he wasn't exactly dominant in the ACC. And if I'm picking an ACC quarterback, I want a Heisman Trophy or a national championship or something. I want you to dominate that conference. I don't think that he really did that. And I sort of feel the same way about Williams in the Pac-12. Like, he had good numbers, but, you know, it's not like USC was anything special. And I just look at all three of them, and I don't – none of them none of them make me think, oh, you got you to gotta really go all out to get him. You really – you should trade up to get this guy. Like, you know, if one of them falls to you – would you take them? It seems like the Patriots are going to. I just I don't love that. I don't love. I don't like any of them. Does is it a rule if you sit in that seat you have to hate everything? I don't hate everything. I don't hate. Everything. I want Marvin Harrison. He just crapped all over three potential franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, wow. who good chance they're the best quarterbacks that'll be available in the draft in the next two years. Uh, I've heard people say that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they said that about Jameis Winston and Mariota too. But it's not just. Wait, what? That they were the best quarterbacks in the draft? And Just because they they're the best quarterbacks in the draft doesn't mean they're good quarterbacks. Fine, but they went first and go. third or whatever it was Caleb that year. Williams and Drake May have been projected top five picks for multiple years. They are not quite in the generational talent, although some people want to put Caleb Williams in the generational talent. I've mold. heard people do that, He too. went from Oklahoma to USC. The whole time, it was number one pick. Whole time. And Drake May who people love to say is Mitchell Trubisky. That's where that clip you just heard from right. NBC Sports Boston started because Phil Perry wants Perry to be negative it, yeah. and say it's Mitchell Trubisky because I guess he wears a blue jersey with a number 10 on it and they went to the same school. Hey, like The, the comparisons are super dangerous. The human brain is a simple right. thing sometimes. And, <laughs> and it's unfair in both directions. <laughs> like The negative comparison is just as unfair as the positive because if I say Caleb Williams reminds me of Patrick Mahomes, now he has to be Patrick Mahomes. Can he not just be like a little bit below Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Like I would take, would you take right now for your New England Patriots, seventy cents on the dollar, Patrick Mahomes? Sure, Patrick Holmes. <laughs> sure, yeah, Patrick Holmes. Holmes. I would, uh, I would take that. Me too. If I thought any of these three were seventy to seventy-five percent, so you of Patrick hate everything. Mahomes, then I would be more into it. Yeah, who are you just, getting to play quarterback? I think that uh, there's not a huge drop off. We just argued about it. I don't think there's a huge drop off between the first and second tier quarterbacks in this draft. That's where I we just disagree. Don't. I think it is cataclysmic, if that's even a word. That is a word. Is that a word? That's yeah, a word. I don't know if it okay. applies to this topic, it's but huge. I do think, yeah, it's, it's multifactorial, gargantuan. <laughs> like the only one that I even have any shot in, because a guy that didn't, I didn't really have it on his shoulders, is J.J. McCarthy, okay. who I kind of like. Don't like Penix. I don't like Penix. He can throw the ball. If this is like one of those long drive contests, pretty throw contests, he can throw a nice left-handed ball. I don't like because he's gotten so banged up over the years. Well, he's got the two ACLs, the whole thing, the shoulder. he's like 25. He's older. They both are a little bit older. Mm. Um, But, like, this is a dangerous game. Like, people thought Bryce Young was good. Everybody wanted him. Even the teams that didn't get him admit they would have taken him, blah, blah, blah. And then they didn't really want C.J. Stroud except, oh, look at C.J. Stroud. He looks kind of special down in Houston. So, it is, I know you've heard this, an inexact science. And all these opinions, you go back and forth on them and what you care about, hand size. Oh, this guy's got big hands. He's got small. Joe Burrow's got small hands. I'll take Joe Burrow. You just mentioned weapons. Joe Burrow had pretty good weapons at LSU, correct? He did. And then they went and drafted one the very next year because he was hurt the first year, and they brought in great weapons for him in Cincinnati. So, I mean, and guess if what? you do that, then that'll work out for a guy. If you don't, the guy is not going to reach his the heights of his ability. It's yeah. just the re- Tom Brady had Randy Moss and Rob Gronkowski, elite of elite. He won without him, though. Goats. He won without him, or his team won without him? He won without him. His team Tom won Tom Brady him. was a pretty big part of those wins, his, would you say? 82 yards passing until the final drive, and then the final drive was Redmond, Redmond, Wiggy, let's kick this. 
Okay, that was 2001. We Dumped have 03 and 04, too. Brady was pretty good those years. Arcade doesn't like to acknowledge. Historically <laughs> good defenses. I don't acknowledge Wiggy's contributions to anything. In those 03 04 <laughs> seasons, at 3 nothing, the game was over. Brady basically had to get four points in every game, and there was a good chance he was going to win the football game that day. Okay. So, like, the defense carried him, and then he became something else when you gave him weapons, and that's great. That's what you do. And, I, and I'm obviously making a point here. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Mm-hmm. But to just say you think all three quarterbacks are not going to – so you believe none of the three will be a franchise quarterback? Um, Not on the Patriots. I don't think so. I don't think any of the teams that are drafting in the, in the top three are going to turn those guys into franchise quarterbacks. No, I don't think so. See, I don't believe you turn guys into franchise quarterbacks. They're franchise quarterbacks. I guess. You, like, that's their career track. Like, for example, Mac Jones, I don't think was ever going to be a franchise quarterback. He had a good rookie season, and then he broke. Okay. I think you would have broken and realized it at some point, like, uh-oh, we got one of those guys. Trevor Lawrence, a franchise quarterback? Dangerous. I do. I think he's a franchise so quarterback. So one of those guys could maybe be what Trevor Lawrence is right now, but I don't think he's all that good. Like, Trevor Lawrence didn't have a great season last year, and he's been sort of a disappointment in three seasons, hasn't he? He has been a disappointment. So, but, I think, but he's a franchise quarterback, so I mean, I think Justin Herbert's a disappointment. He's yeah. so physically and Justin gifted, Herbert's a franchise quarterback. he doesn't quarterback. win crap. Agreed. So that's also, what are you looking for? Are you expecting to get, because I think there's... How many elite quarterbacks are there right now? Like, Mahomes is the standard. Mm -hmm. And then you have people like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Who's next? Lamar? Lamar Jackson. Yep, Jackson, I'd say. Some would say Jalen Hurts. Some would say Jalen Hurts sucked last year. Well, I'm probably more on that side of it than saying he's an elite, you know, top one or two tier quarterback. Sure. Aaron Rodgers, I think when healthy, people still think probably competes at a top five level. Trevor Lawrence might be at the very bottom end of this, you know, not not Patrick Mahomes tier of quarterback. I put Tua ahead of Trevor Lawrence. If you put Trevor Lawrence on the Miami Dolphins, you would think he's a franchise quarterback. Maybe I would, but he's no not. Doubt so in my I mean, mind. you know, what are you what are you going to say? Like he's not. Because, the, and he friend, does have he does have weapons. Not he doesn't have any weapons in Jacksonville. He's got Kirk and the and uh, Ridley there. He had those two guys. Those guys don't stink. They don't stink. I agree with that. Right? They're That's pretty a good. Perfect. Evan Engram doesn't stink. They do not stink. He also has. They're a head not as coach. good as Hill and Waddle. I agree, but I mean, it's not like he has nothing. And Doug Peterson is not Shanahan offense. Like I think something to be said for the offense and the scheme. So there's a lot. I put Goff ahead of Lawrence. Quarterback success is multifactorial, you know. That's true. <laughs> but my my idea with these quarterbacks is I absolutely think it's fair to compare the ability. Patrick Mahomes, when he entered the league, you know who didn't like him? Who? You? This guy. Mm. I was not impressed. I thought he was too small. I thought he was like an athletic soccer player playing the quarterback position, this weird guy. He's the standard. But can Caleb Williams be compared to Patrick Mahomes coming into the league? Absolutely. You think Absolutely. so? Absolutely. Absolutely. I suppose. It's a talent. It's an ability. It's off-platform. It's all the things he can do. He can be compared to Bryce Young in that same way then, can he? Yes. Okay, so I mean... So the biggest it issue... Goes, it goes both ways. Right, but you seem to think they're not worth the risk. I think they're worth the risk. Because if you don't risk it to get a quarterback, you know what you get? As, as Bruce Aarons, no biscuit. True. You never have a biscuit. And then all of a sudden, you just keep talking yourselves into these journeyman jag free agents, or I don't even know what the plan is. I want a biscuit. <laughs> Me <laughs> too. Sounds too. great. Six one seven. Oh, sorry, go ahead. The Patriots need a quarterback. Can agree, correct? Absolutely. Yes. The best of the best quarterbacks go in the top half of the first round, generally. Usually, yes. Okay. The Patriots sit in the top half of the first round, correct? Mm-hmm. And there are quarterbacks that are going to be available. There are. Roll the dice, put your big ones on the table, and see what happens. I think that's what they're going to do. 
They should. Tell him, to tell him I'm not That's a huge, how you win in football. huge fan of that this year. That's how you win in football. So you got a lot of Kyler Murrays and Daniel Jones and, uh, you know, Jameis Winston's and Marcus Mariota's and, happening and that way, too. Joe Burrows and Josh Allen's and Patrick Mahomes's mm-hmm. and all those guys. And Sam Darnold's and uh, Josh Rosen. We can do this all day long. Good ones go there, bad ones go there. It's Just true. like tackle. It's true. Just like wide receiver. It's true. Every position is a risk. You know what you should probably do? What should I do? Never, ever draft, because it's too risky for your personality. Well, at quarterback, I think this year it is. I'd be fine drafting any of these wide receivers. This is a pretty good quarterback Marvin Harrison's class. Marvin Harrison top three. He's been mocked in almost all of these as a top three pick. You're acting like drafting him would be some huge mistake. He's considered a blue chipper at wide receiver, is and he what, not? And what position does he play? Wide receiver. Is it important? Yes. Is it as important as quarterback? No, but if he's a franchise player and these other guys maybe are, if he's a better wide receiver than they are quarterback, you do need help there too. It's so not Saquon like you know. Barkley. And also, if you get Saquon a quarterback Barkley next year. the second pick in the draft, and he's a great NFL running back when healthy. Mm. Nope, he's great when healthy. He's good. Absolutely great when healthy. Fine, he's never healthy. And do they win because of it? No, you can't overcome it. If you don't have the quarterback, it doesn't matter what receiver you have. Okay, they were in the playoffs last year because of who? Danny Dimes or Saquon Barkley? Because they had a nice year under Brian Dable. Okay, but I mean, who is a bigger catalyst than that? If that's the example you're going to use. It was probably more because of Barkley than it was because of uh, Jones. Jones had a good year. He did. He had a good year. Is he a franchise quarterback? No, he's absolutely not. So that's the point. If you have one of those guys, you don't win consistently. You You win consistently with one of those quarterbacks. And if you want one of those quarterbacks, you usually have to take him in the top half of the first round. And you're sitting at the top half of the first round. You are. And I think that's what they're going to do. Somewhere High and Bloom is listening to Arkan, his good buddy Arkan, going, yes. Right, right. exactly. No risk. My good friend. Don't risk risk. it. Don't Don't risk it. Nope, you're an underdog. Something bad could happen. Hey, he traded for uh, uh, Kyle Schwarber. All right, this is very, very risky. He sure did. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. That's the voice of Ryan Garvin. He is going to tell you what's uh, trending. And when we come back, we'll get back into the uh, dynasty episodes three and four, which starred Andy Hart. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Take Jones and Mego wherever you go. Just tell your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, play EEI, play Jones. <laughs> this is Jones and Mego. Yeah, I hate Jones, Alexa, on WEEI. I hope you appreciate this question, Coach. Hey, fellas. How do we feel about playing for Bill Belichick? Oh, yeah! After the whole Spygate thing, 
We had a lot of emotions for Bill. Hate, love, I mean, everything, everything. But he was ours. And everybody's just going after our coach. Bill would never express how he despised everything that was said. Like trying to invalidate everything that we've done because of a signal. But this is how we knew when he felt it. That offense kept scoring. Bill was just relentless. We'd be up by 20, 30 points. And he's telling the offense, do it again. We're beating people's ass so bad that we're the bad guys. Sort of liked it, though. I liked it, too. It's diabolical right there. I liked it, too, Teddy. Sort of liked it. Got my first taste of blood, and I kind of liked it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Can't go back to just eating hamburgers now. (laughs) Now, you know, you just get the taste for it. You can't go back. You ride first class, you can't go back to coach. Um, it was it was hard for me to watch that episode for. It was you know like as a fan at the time, in my mid twenties living out in Colorado, which is where I was, uh, reliving that and reliving the season and the way they were just beating the bejesus out of everybody on a week to week basis. Did they that, say they were averaging forty two points a game? Yeah, for one stretch. Yeah, in old timey football, that's incredible. Yeah. That old game against Washington, old football compared to that. The game against the Joe Gibbs uh, Washington Redskins. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the most thorough ass whoopings I've seen in NFL history. Mm-hmm. That was that was unbelievable watching that. It was like, oh my god, felt personal. Yeah, like these guys. It's like they weren't playing the same sport. Right. Uh, and to see that, and to see that they had this sort of fu mentality, and we're rallying around Bill Belichick, and we're going to take this all the way to the end. And you know how it ends. And you just, uh, it's like once they once they got to the part of the actual Super Bowl against New York, I like wanted to shut it off, but I powered through. Uh, you know, hero gets thrown around a lot, but <laughs> I did. Through. I powered through the uh, the end of that episode. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. And it was it was tough to watch. I mean, it was. It's really it was a really tough thing. And this was after they won three Super Bowls, so you had no right to be as upset about it as we were. But it's still even today, even in twenty twenty four, still it's still it was a kick in the balls. You know, like, well, and it was disbelief yeah. for me. Like, I never believed whatever it was, 40 seconds left, they have the ball, they're down. I never believed they were going to lose. I was like, wow, this is going to be an even crazier story. Quick aside, you know who else didn't believe the Patriots were going to lose? The people who were overseeing the stadium. The confetti was in Patriots colors. I don't know if anybody else picked it up. Also Giants colors. I was going to say the Giants are. Giants are red, white, and blue. Blue. Oh, so they just got lazy. I don't know. That was my takeaway. Is even they they had confetti ready for the Patriots. But continue. I think it was Giants too. But also, I remember. I thought I was saved money die. on confetti. That yes, year. I almost <laughs> woo, thank died goodness. because everybody usually for games the press leaves early to go down right. to the locker room. They make an announcement. Yeah, you know, you can now go to the locker room for post game access. But obviously, no one could leave because this game is coming down to the wire. And then there was like a door that wouldn't open at the bottom of a stairwell and i literally thought it was going to be one of those like soccer <laughs> you know people are crushed by this wave of humanity and the people at the right. it was scary like a travis scott concert but it was it's still borderline unbelievable like yeah. you still in your mind are like really they lost to the giants and eli manning and somebody named david tyree mm-hmm. it just almost feels and i understand why brady going in thought it was almost Unbelievable! Like, oh, we're only going to score 14 points or whatever his famous line was. Right. Because along the way, what you were talking about earlier, I don't know if people remember this, like everything changed. They started putting on the lower, uh, the ticker. It would be like NFL, dot, 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 notes, 
Patriots. Yeah. They had their own tab on both NFL Network and ESPN. They, totally I remember that. NBA, NHL, yeah. Patriots, yep. They were bigger than the sport they were within. They were they were equal to a league in and of themselves. They were this this story because it was and and I love the fact that was it McDaniels that admitted, and even Moss a little bit too, like we had kind of gone through training camp, but we weren't really sure. Now, this is where I was ahead of them. I said in August, they have a chance to go undefeated. We talk, I remember we openly talked about going undefeated before the season started. Hmm. And then you get that Jets game where you unleash Moss. And that's that it was like, at that point, oh. Josh is going, Oh wow, this this could be special. Crazy. Like, I forgot what he said. Yeah, crazy, special, fun. And especially you think about it as the play caller. You're like, I got Tom Brady, I got Wes Welker underneath. I got because I always go back to, and it wasn't in this, but there's a famous clip of Belichick saying, Well, you know, if you take away Moss over the top and he circles it, and you take away Welker underneath and he circles it, really, I'm not sure what we're going to do. Yeah, and no one could. So I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> that would be the greatest defense like, of all time, then. And they didn't even really do that. They got after Brady. Yeah. The, the way it ended was. Were there four, I believe, Pro Bowl offensive linemen that year? Light, Copen, Mankins. Maybe there were three Neil, Pro Bowl. Was Neil a Pro Bowl? And they might have, maybe it was three, but your Pro Bowl offensive yeah. line got, got its ass whooped by the NASCAR yeah. front with OCU Minora and Michael Strahan and Justin those guys. Tuck, yeah, Justin Tuck against Copen was not a no. competitive match. And this is, for those of us that, you know, poo poo the Andy Greshes of the world that, like, hey, football is won and lost in the trenches and you got to be strong up the middle and all that. This was a game where you go, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And it was That's full. how the Broncos beat him in 2015, too. Yeah. And it was full circle. How right. did the, the dynasty starts by you beating the Rams by being more physical and we're going to out-tough you. We're a football team. We're physical. You guys are soft. Well, the shoe was kind of on the other foot now, as Brady points out. Not just in terms of favorite underdog, but style of play. You had become soft. You had become a pass-first team. You'd maybe lost a little bit of your gritty workmanlike blue collar nature that helped you beat the Rams and start the dynasty. Yeah. And you made a very good point uh, Thank you. earlier on in the, uh, in the program when we were talking about the way the team rallied around oh, yeah. Bill Belichick. Um, they did not do that. Bill Belichick did not do that for Tom Brady. I hope you appreciate this question, coach. Hey, fellas. How do we feel about playing for Bill Belichick? Oh! I mean, he had that he had that room in the palm of his hand. Yep. He did, you know. They would have done whatever he said when they, when that was all happening because not only did they feel like he was being unjustly uh, harangued for the whole videotaping thing, which you know obviously was not great in retrospect. I don't want to say anything but, about this jet thing, okay? Just shut the f- up. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, you got it, Bill. You got it. Come. Robert this, Kraft's like, sure, Bill. <laughs> bit of a counterpoint there too. To sometimes people, players, and like media will say, "Well, Bill never specifically told people what to say and not to say in interviews." Oh, he sure did. Pretty I think sure he just right told them to shut the f up. <laughs> just shut the f up. Just worry about ourselves, our team. Everybody else is going to say what they want to say. We can't control that, but we can control what we're talking about and what we're doing. Okay, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, indeed. Um, Bill's guys, you know, there was a lot of Bill's guys in that locker room, and Bill's guys sort of uh, kept this thing going into the next iteration of the dynasty. He got some new guys and Devin McCourty and Slater and everything, and, uh, you know, that was sort of a, a theme all throughout the 20-plus years he was here. Bill had his guys, and in the early days, I mean, they were all his guys. There weren't any, there weren't anybody, maybe like a handful of examples, but for the most part, like the important people in that locker room were Bill's guys. Oh, absolutely, and, and that's... Yeah. I know there was a lot when the the promo first came out or the quotes, and it was like Amendola, we we worked for Bill, but we played for played Tom. For Tom yeah. No, no, no. In two thousand seven, they played for Bill Belichick. Absolutely, it was personal. 
I believe that was the year. Didn't Brady tell uh, Schottenheimer to worry about his own team that year? Schottenheimer right. said no, it wasn't. Was that was, 06 maybe? Might have been 06. Yeah, but, when they had that like, big comeback? Yeah. They, yeah. They were personal for a while there, where they were a cohesive, and that's where I believe that sort of foreshadowed what you just talked about, that when we get to Deflategate and Tom, and it's like, wait a minute, we were, we circled the wagons around Bill. I'm not sure we're circling the wagons around me. I'm suing the NFL. Yeah. I'm defending myself. Circling I'm, the firing squad. The, yeah, a little bit. And I'll be interested to see when we get there, if I still feel the same way about this. Because this, there's no doubt that this unified the Patriots into what looked like an unbeatable force right, right. up until the unbeatable force was beaten. Yes, and the uh, unbeatable force uh, came crashing down. And then there were some lean years after that, a couple of uh, early playoff exits, another loss to the uh, Giants in the Super Bowl later on, and uh, some trouble with the Broncos. And, you know, I mean, it, it took a while to get back to 2014 when they were able to start winning again. And the fact that they were able to sort of withstand all that and – come back all these years later, 10 years later after 2004 and win again with all that in between two Super Bowl losses, including something like that, as devastating as that was, to be able to rebound from that, I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. You know, that's almost as amazing as a 19-0 season, if not more so, I'd say. And the post game, and I don't know if you have this, Ryan, the uh, Jonathan Kraft description of the locker room oh, yeah. after Super Bowl 42. That, this was Jonathan Kraft's best this thing he was, did so far. If yeah. true... This is something I had never yeah, heard this. and the most remarkable uh, nugget I've heard about that loss. Yeah, listen so, to this. Jonathan Kraft after the 07 loss of the, uh, in the Super Bowl. Following the loss to the Giants, that locker room was by a factor of 10 the most emotional. And let me, sorry, let me just start over. Because, I mean, I'm watching Cut. guys throw up and cry on the floor. I, you know, I've never seen that. I've never, ever seen that. But I want to figure out how to describe it. That's fine, Jonathan. It's we'll use that take. People puking. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know Let that either. thrown out. I, I, I hope it's true. It sounds a little bit fabricated. But I'm going to take him at his word. Now I want to, don't you want to know? Don't you immediately say, well, who's throwing up? Right. Who was so, uh... Emotionally distraught that because you've seen little I've seen little kids do that mm -hmm. they're crying so much or they're so emotional that they start to gag and throw yeah, up. I'm there. watching guys throw up and cry on the floor. I would pay to have that video. Who was uh, who was like the most emotional guys on that team? Brady was emotional. Brady. Brady was the offensive emotional. line was very emotional. If you remember, that was the bearded year. They all immediately shaved all their beards off. They right. were clean shaven. I believe for the bus ride out of the stadium. Even they got those beards off their effing faces because they had just fallen on their faces. Uh, Rodney? Rodney, Rodney, Rodney was emotional. Could be emotional. Yeah, Rodney Harrison and Randy Moss, two of the outspoken members of that team. Who I mean, Rodney obviously had his success, but Randy Moss joins this team and goes through just the scorched earth tour of all tours and sets records. Oh, yeah. And you come this close. And not to mention, I had forgotten about this because I basically black out after the uh, Ellis Hobbs blows his coverage. But the ball to Randy Moss, where he says, like, it still haunts me to this day. I had my fingertips on it. Yeah, but do you... No. I mean, those were like I three don't. straight bombs in a row. You don't think he should have caught that, right? There was two defenders hitting him. There was a by the giant. Yeah. yeah, there was a See, hand there. You would think so, but when you look at every other catch that... Tom Brady was able, or every pass Tom Brady had to Randy Moss that year, it doesn't look like he should have caught 95% of the balls that sure. came to him. And he did, because that's what they did. He didn't catch a lot that someone else tipped right. first, though. I mean, I actually think know, it was a little underthrown. Yeah. 
if he had thrown it another foot and a half out, 12 inches out, I think then Moss has a chance because he is kind of here with his hands out in front of him. If you're not watching Twitch, here is my hands out in front of me. Um, but I didn't think it should have been on him in any way that, like, yeah, I got to catch that. Now, well, you're Moss, you're right. He completely disagrees, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if he was somebody, you know, according to Jonathan Kraft's recollection that took this really really hard i mean arkin was just saying like it, it was tough to sit through that david tyree pass uh uh manning getting out of the sack and michael strahan going oh he's never gotten out of a sack before like that two minutes watching that last night was excruciating to live through again and did i, I hate it and i'm just a fan i i wasn't playing in the game i can't imagine what these guys are feeling like after the way it ended did they gloss over the fact that brady and moss went off script because he said, Tom looked at me and said, oh, when yeah. I look at you, cut back. Cut yes. back, yeah, no, they, they that was in there. No, I know, but all they needed was a field goal, mm. but we just, Brady looked at me and said, it's almost like Moss is implying Josh was calling plays to get the field goal, and, we were going and Brady for the zone, was like, yeah. nah, we're going for the win, just like we did in the regular season finale against these turds. We did it then, we can do it again. Right? Yeah. That's how I took that is Brady went off script from Josh McDaniel. That's and a did fair his own interpretation. Thing. I wasn't quite sure exact I thought maybe he just meant, you know, I'm gonna run a different route or something. No, no, like no. That. I, think no he, I think you may have been on Instead of running here, yeah. like a comeback at the sticks, we'll right. do two of those and kick which I, in my head, this is where my head goes, crazy or not. Mm-hmm. Brady is saying, I don't have Adam Vinatieri anymore. I'm not putting Steven Gostowski as a rookie out here with the game on I like Brady to Moss. Much better than I like Gostowski from 48, yep. which Bill passed up earlier in the game. He did. So Shouldn't have. Am I wrong to Future make... Future Hall of Famer, Steven Gostowski. Am I connecting too many dots in my head that Brady didn't trust Gostowski and that's why they lost the Super Bowl? Maybe not. You know? I mean, they didn't go to him at all, and he was, I think, perfect in the games leading up to that, right? So, you know, that's something that... If uh, Vinatieri's the kicker, Brady doesn't throw deep to Moss. He works his way down the field like he did in 01 or 04 or 03 or any of those years, mm-hmm. and he says, yeah... Adam will just win the damn game for us. I've done this before. Or tie the game in this situation. Right. He's uh, done Steven that before. Steven Gaskowski, by the way, more accurate postseason kicker than You Adam can take Vinatieri. any of your numbers, oh, turn no. them sideways, lube them up real nice, and shove them. Oh, no. This upsets people when I when Because it's stupid. This, it's stupid that he's more accurate in the playoffs? Yeah. Are the if playoffs ins- a clutch play- time to be Are you kicking? insinuating that he's better than Adam Vinatieri? No, I'm saying that oh, okay, Vinatieri that goes to the uh, yeah, Hall okay. of Fame, then okay. Gaskowski should too. What? What? If Vinatieri's a Hall of Famer, Guskowski should be too. He's not a Hall of Fame kicker. Vinatieri's not? Stats are for losers. Who said that? Uh, Bill Belichick. But, all right, so what are we basing it off of then? Our eyes. Stats Watching games. A combination of factors. It's multifactorial. I'm going to keep using that damn word. In the postseason, Guskowski is a more accurate so kicker than Vinatieri. So, Vanderjack. With my eyes, I can see that, so too. So, Mike Vanderjack is better. Because he was the most accurate kicker in NFL history. I didn't say it was better. I'm saying if Vinatieri's in the, in the was a gag Hall artist. of Fame. He then... was an absolute gag artist. We saw it firsthand. Okay, but Guskowski wasn't. Gostowski wasn't a gag artist. 2018, was he a, a gag little, artist? He, he kicked two big field goals times. in that one. He's a little soft There's a couple times. of times he missed, but Vinatieri missed more than he did. So, I mean, go on. But with the game on the line, Vinatieri was balls for here and for the Colts. Sure. And Vinatieri also Dead missed nuts. a couple of kicks in those that if Everybody. he hadn't, and Brady then they wouldn't picks. have had to do that. And, and Brady, by the way, Brady throws picks. if Brady had gotten down the field and gotten in the range for Guskowski, he would have had a chance to kick that, and then we'd be able to settle this. But we can't because Brady didn't get there. So that's right. not Guskowski's fault. So Brady sucks. Yes, Brady sucks. We're talking about our idiot kicker. <laughs> the liquored up kicker. That's right. Mike Vanderjack. Who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So. Are you related to Stephen Gostowski? No, Why I, such a passionate defense of how good he is? I had a, lo- a long argument with uh, Jones and Mego about this. Because he's the ultimate stats accumulator, in my opinion. It, well, I mean, fine. Because everybody's you know. like, oh, he's got points. You know why? He played with Brady and Moss in the high, as the off, what'd you call it? Like, 
football was taking off at that point or something. Yes. Like, yeah, he played it, after that, too. I yeah, mean, they, they, they were setting records then. during old-timey football. That's Adam Vinatieri played in the snow for a crappy offense with a good defense and a running game. Totally different era. Yeah, it was a different Adam Vinatieri team, plays for the second half of the era. He holds all the records in terms of points because points are a byproduct of your offense, not your kicker. Yeah, and if he was a little more accurate, then he probably would have. Not but to he reha- wasn't as accurate as Guskowski. Not to rehash the actual point, but Andy, the worst argument you've had today. Adam you Vinatieri said the quarterbacks a, all suck. Adam Vinatieri was a seventy-five percent accuracy field goal kicker for the Patriots when he was here. If 75%, your life is on that the means line, he missed three out of four. Forty-eight yards. Your life is on the line. I go having- with Vinatieri for every other kick. I go with Guskowski. Wait, what? I'd go with that oh, one. Oh, the meaningless one, kicks, you go with Gustavski. They're not meaningless. I They're actually points agree in the with playoffs. you. I agree uh, with you. No, 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 I agree with you now. The meaningless Me- kicks, I'll go with Gustavski, Meaningless too. kicks. With the my life season. on the line, Adam, step up with your big old biceps even today, and I'll take my chances. I think, I think it, he's on PEDs. I think the genesis he of the be. argument was who was important to the dynasty. It was Brady, Kraft, Belichick, or we, Adam Vinatieri, you had to, especially based on how he was covered in those first two episodes. But the beginning of this argument was he about... Started, that's, that's how this all started. No, no, no. It started with Matthew Slater, because we we were arguing oh about Matthew God, no, Slater right. being sorry, in the Hall yes. of Fame, and I say, so, well, Vinatieri is the only special teamer, and I said, well, Vinatieri's going, and then Guskowski has to because he was more accurate, and he also won three Super Bowls, you know, and then did, people had a big problem with that, people like they Adam should. Jones. So you and Adam Jones share the brain on this one. I am aligned with Adam Jones. Oh. Hope that, I hope that feels good. And you can be aligned <laughs> with Stephen Guskowski. Oh, I am. Baby. hope that feels good. Because I'll take Adam Vinatieri all day. And Adam Jones. You got the Adams over the there. Meow, Zaddy. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Uh, coming up. Up, we have the triple play with uh, Ryan Garvin's triple play questions next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play! The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples is indeed best. Arcand and Hart. That's spring savings, by the way, not winter work special. Uh, and meanwhile, Triple Play is brought to you by the 99 Restaurant. There's no place like home, but the 99 Restaurant comes pretty close with the return of their homestyle chicken pot pie. Andy, that is tender, all-white meat chicken covered with that flaky, buttery crust and served piping hot. You gotta love the nines. I love the nines. Can I tell you? You can. I haven't had a good chicken pot pie in a long time, and I love chicken pot pie. You know, I know a place where you can go and get one. The 99. That's the 99 Restaurant. They also have good cold beer. Which I'm also a fan of. Chicken pot pie and beer. I know what Andy's doing. I mean, isn't tonight. that called a night? That yeah. is called an evening. And this is called Triple Play, and it's Friday, and it's on Friday because that's when we do it. And it's fill in the blank Friday, so let's start filling in some blanks. Number one. In light of uh, the dynasty, which I am enjoying very much, reliving some of this stuff uh, that I was probably too young to understand at the time, I posed this first question. Arkane, we'll start with you. My favorite sports documentary is blank. My favorite one. There's been some good ones recently. Um, I love The Last Dance. I love that. I can't remember what it's called now, but the one about the Arizona State uh, point shaving scandal. I really like that one on Netflix. Um, I like the one about the baseball steroids that had the kids playing the baseball players. Like Screwball, I think it was called. But my favorite of all time is Hoop Dreams. 
uh, which came out in the 90s, and I think it was maybe just at a time when I was a little more, uh, you know, young and naive and sort of wide-eyed watching these things, and uh, it was really just a very, very engaging story. Um, it was uh, two kids, two teenagers who were uh, recruited out of the same high school in Illinois, and it was sort of their, uh, you know, both rises through the uh, through the ranks and the AAUs and all that stuff, and it was really, really good. Um, I uh, I really enjoyed that one. It was it's been out for a long time, and I don't know how well it's held up. I don't know if I watched it today, if I would feel the same way as I did when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old watching it. But uh, for a long, long time, that was sort of the standard for me. So hoop dreams for me. Andy? So there, there's one I mentioned earlier, and it was kind of on top of mind because I was thinking about this question. Beyond the Mat is certainly in my top few. Uh, I didn't realize how old it is. 1999. Yes. Hmm. guess that means I didn't realize how old I am myself <laughs> based on the, uh, up there. the reference. Um, so there's a few others. One of my favorites recently uh, was the Nolan Ryan one. I really, really enjoyed, I don't even remember the name of it, on on uh, Netflix, and it's from the last, basically, year. Facing Nolan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is awesome, and it gave me a newfound respect. It's really good, and I think, and there was a little dabbling, a little hint of Bo Jackson in there that they made a little offshoot when Nolan Ryan faced Bo Jackson. It was basically like must-see TV for a period of a couple years there in Bo's you know, career taking off and then ending spectacularly and quickly uh thanks to a football injury but did they have him facing robin ventura was that oh yeah, oh, yeah. The that's in there yeah. like there's a number and but just the reality of how freaking good he was for how freaking long is just kind of patriots-esque kind yeah. of stupid kind of unbelievable in a way and the thing that hit me with the nolan ryan documentary is i think he'd be way more respected today than then because i think back then wins mattered more than anything mm. and he didn't always have the most wins he would fit because he never won the cy young it's right. one of the great you know like trivia questions of all time kind most of thing. like no hitters and perfect everything games and all the that most stuff. everything yeah, yeah, yeah. and he had these seasons where <laughs> yeah crazy. he only had 13 <laughs> wins but he led the league in era and strikeouts and i feel like in modern cy young voting you lead the league in strikeouts and era you're probably winning the Cy Young regardless of what your record is. Yeah. Um, like so King I think, Felix, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah there's a bunch of guys So like I think that, yeah. he would have been more appreciated then. So I'm going to say beyond the mat, but also just in the non-sports world real quick here, yep. don't ever watch okay. upon recommendation of Rich Keefe uh, abducted in plain sight. Ooh, that's tough because Keith has given me some good movie recommendations. Was this what you were talking to Sis about before the show last night? It changed my life. Yeah, it freaked I, me your out. Your description of it makes me not want to It's the watch worst it. thing ever. I mean, watch it if you want to be amazed. I've heard but about this. Yeah. I don't. It's, With the neighbor, or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. to be amazed. Uh, yeah, the things that go on in that, and the thing after thing after thing where parents gone bad. Like, what are you thinking? Allowing this to happen in the world of your children? Do not watch it. Okay. I still get choked up watching Four Nights in October. To me, that is the perfect <laughs> documentary. I don't care. I will never be too old for that. Moving right along. Number two. Number two. Obviously, Spygate uh, has been a prominent part of the show today. It was a prominent prominent part of the dynasty on Apple TV Plus last night. So. Number Number two and number three are kind of similar, but I changed the wording here. We'll start with number two. Andy Hart, the most interesting sports cheating scandal is blank. Uh, I think this is an easy one that um, we all sort of lived first person. I'll speak for myself. We live first person. The uh, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding thing. Mm was unbelievable on so many levels. And and that's a cheating scandal, by the way. I mean, it was a crime was committed and everything, but that was a cheating you scandal. You were taking sure. out your competition. Yep. Right? Like, you were that, that's cheating, trying to find a way to take out your competition in an unfair way. Yep. But to do the so... The Galooly way. Yes. This goon and, like, Nancy Kerrigan, why, why, hard black stick, like, and there's video footage. It's like this modern scandal that is a soap opera. It's bad. It's a bad movie. It's 
ill-prepared, not well thought out. Like, nothing was smart about it. <laughs> and it was right, I think, when I was becoming, like, of age, like, noticing things in the world mm-hmm. and, like... The Olympics hair is starting to. I'm sorry. Continue. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, I just I had to run into the studio. And came back. What were you talking about? My like Rex Ryan. They dropped today. Yeah. They dropped. Talking about the uh, day they dropped. Andy going through puberty. Um. <laughs> so I just like you start to realize like this world is just effed up. Like yeah. stuff happens. You watch the news, and, and so I would go with that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably number one for me. Number two would be Rosie Ruiz. Uh, because that's that a good was, one. and you came up, but you you were the one we were talking about that, and I was like, yeah, you know what? There's some other ones that I can think are, are definitely uh, interesting, but it doesn't get much more interesting than running a marathon and then taking the train for like five or however many miles it was that she went. How long was she on the train for? Like, how much of the track did she actually skip? Because it was a significant. Oh, it was a lot. And yeah, then yeah. she just got off the train and ran right back in, and no one noticed. And that was in the 70s or whatever it was, and that was just like a thing. And then finally, people were like, you know. I don't remember seeing her. <laughs> it's the simplicity did anyone, of it. Did anyone see her? Why doesn't she look tired? Like, it's remarkable. And I know she didn't get away with it. Right. But just to like, why had no one else ever tried it? Or had they? And maybe it didn't, whatever. But just, you know, you know what I'm going to do? How many people the won tea? the marathon that took the tea that we don't know about? Right. Simple. Sometimes the simplest of plans are the best plans, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Get on the tea and win the race. Yeah. Uh, it's not an official cheating scandal, I think, but there's a lot of... Uh, Static around the 2002 series between the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers and Tim Donahue yeah. and fixing games. Yeah, oh, I yeah. am. There was a, a, that, a. I mean, that series was fixed. A, sure. a documentary yeah. on YouTube. I think it was called "The Greatest Tragedy in the History of Sports" that outlined that that game six, basically, where like I mean, you got Kobe Bryant basically knocking out Mike Bibby, all the free throw discrepancies. I find that to be incredibly interesting, despite the fact that it wasn't an official cheating scandal. Mike Kings got screwed. All right, one more. Number three. Number three, like I said, we're going to change it up a little bit, but this I want to focus more on what the public perception was as far as cheating scandals go. Uh, to the public perception, the most damaging sports cheating scandal, Arcan, is blank. I wasn't around for this, obviously, but I'm going to say Shoeless Joe and the Black Sox uh, throwing the World Series. I think that at the time uh, yes. was considered. Uh, there was no other professional examples of teams that were out there throwing games. You know, there's not like a lot of examples of that. There's teams trying to get uh, competitive advantages and videotaping and doing steroids and all these other sort of things with cheating. And the steroid era, I mean, if you want to consider that, like that that was damaging to the public perception of baseball. But that was guys trying to get better. Guy, like this was more like Pete Rose, you know, and like uh, betting against your team, which Rose claimed he never did. But to know that there was this guy who was, you know, this illiterate baseball player taking money because baseball players didn't make much back then at a time when baseball was still very popular. It just wasn't making a lot of money. And, uh, you know, that, that whole team to just be on the take essentially. And, uh, and what that did for, for sports in general, I think was, uh, was, was rough. And I'd only know that from reading, you know, old history books and stuff like that in terms of like the modern era. I don't know. I mean, I'd say Spygate and Deflategate were right up there in terms of the public perception of the Patriots. It definitely was, uh, was rougher on them than more of the modern ones I can think of, but all, all encompassing, I'd say the, the Black Sox. So I have two that jump to mind. Uh, first would be Lance Armstrong, mm-hmm. just because the whole Live Strong movement was built on him Ooh, as that's a person. A good one. Yeah, that's and a very like, good one. There's still places you go to, like YMCA's, where it still says Live Strong, and I'm like, you really still want that up there? And what that kind of do a Google search implies? real quick, and right. then Go get a ladder, and take, take that, that down. <laughs> but I actually think the the biggest is what you mentioned, the steroid era. If I can put that, 
it ruined baseball to a sense, and it ruined, more importantly to me, the history of baseball. Yeah. The Hall of Fame doesn't have the best players in it. That's just a reality. We now mock Hall of Fame voting and Hall of Fame weekend, and we mock the writers because they're holier-than-thou approach. or what. Like, it has just ruined that. And baseball was built upon the Hall of Fame and history and statistics, and you just ripped that all apart. And I don't even care which side you're on, but you ruined it. You absolutely ruined the history of baseball in the Hall of Fame. So the steroid era, Balco, steroids, the whole thing, you ruined it. I would also tag onto that. There were a lot of good answers on that third one, but I think the the Astros sign-stealing scandal yeah. is it, it's going to be another one when all those careers are said and done and you're looking at Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman or anybody else that had success on that team. And those were really good teams. But And you can man, watch the old footage and hear the trash you cans hear, in the background. And it, yeah. Like, you know, Evan Drellick and, <laughs> and, and the investigation that he did on that, and like John Boy Media, like doing like all these, like, you know, uh, trash Trash can banging like it launched like some like a lot of careers in baseball and also just the perception of the Astros. I don't think that ever changes. It does it compare to steroids? Probably not. But in the modern era of baseball, where everything's supposed to be on the up and up, and you still have that going on, I think that was incredibly damning to that organization and everyone that was attached to it. And that is triple play, Arcand. They were asking Rosie Ruiz like after the race. They're like, "So what were your intervals like?" And she was like, "What's that? What's an <laughs> interval? What's an interval? Like, what are you well, talking?" We about? stopped, and then the doors closed. We stopped <laughs> yeah. again. And first, I was hanging on to the strap for a little bit, and then my arm got tired. They interviewed, so I just I looked this up. They interviewed her and Bill Rogers, who's like, you know, the Mister Mister Marathon. And he's like answering all these questions. And then they ask Rosie, and she's like, "Uh, like, I don't. So I don't know what you mean. Thought into this and preparation." <laughs> Bill Rogers is like, "Wow." Yeah, like, she thought, "I can't believe nobody else has ever thought of this." Before. <laughs> what a uh, what a tremendous Boston sports moment that was. All right. Uh, what do we got coming up here? Five o'clock hour coming up here. Uh, we will uh, jump back into our big Q at two, which is who is the biggest adversary of the Patriots in the dynasty era? We'll get into all of that with uh, Andy Hart and with your phone calls, which we'll get to right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 